Two teams seemingly heading in opposite directions. The Washington Commanders, winner of three of the last four, and the Houston Texans, losers of four straight. What will determine the winner this weekend when Washington heads to Houston? We're going to tell you that right now on Crossover Thursday. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Commanders and the Locked On Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders and the Houston Texans. We're free and we're available on all platforms, including YouTube. And of course, we thank you for making us your first listen or your first view of the day. I am David Harrison, credential media member covering the Washington Commanders for Commander Country. And next to me today is Cody Davis, also a credential member of the media. Hope one of the hosts of the Locked On Texans and writer over at Texans Daily covering the Houston Texans. Both of our sites a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. In fact, Cody and I have the exact same boss, and we love all of them. <laughs> They're all amazing bosses. Absolutely no complaints there. Make sure you're following Cody on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. That's Cody with a T, not a D. Make sure you spell it right. Find me at D Harrison 82. Today's crossover episode is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You pick two to five players. You predict whether they're going to score more or less than their projections. If you're right, you can win up to 10 times your money. First time users, you get a 100% deposit match when you use the promo code locked on and sign up. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Cody, we got two teams here with talent, potential, and two teams that arguably would say that they have not met their potential or reached the peak of their potential, I would say, even though one team, obviously, one team five and five, just reaching 500 with a big statement win on primetime against the Philadelphia Eagles, the Houston Texans, not so fortunate, one seven and one. But as as they always say, your record is who you are. And I, and I agree with that, obviously, to a certain extent. And I know uh, that you guys certainly have some angst with, with what's going on with the team as well. But is one seven and one really a true representation of what this Houston Texans team is is able to do? Yes, it is without a doubt. And you know, if you don't mind me, you know, just jump right into you know the the first topic of our crossover. You know, what's the biggest storyline? I'm glad that you asked me about the record because that is the biggest storyline to me entering this game. When I go inside NRG Stadium on Sunday, hopefully sit next to you. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to have an opportunity to sit next to each other. But you know. The one thing that I'm going to be looking at is the fact that this record, this game is just going to be a true indication on the disappointment that is surrounding the Houston Texans throughout the 2022 campaign. Because, David, I'm pretty sure on the outside looking in when you when you, you know, saw the Houston Texans going into this season, I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys in Washington and stuff probably automatically assumed that that was going to be a victory. Here in the city of Houston, it doesn't matter if it was reporters like myself or fans, a lot of us had the Houston Texans winning somewhere in the ballpark between five to seven wins. And I know some people might sit there and say, like, really, the Houston Texans winning five to seven wins? And some people might sit there and think to themselves, well, if this was a team that had won five games, why would that be so important? Well, you are looking at an organization that has only won eight games in the last two years. But mm. prior to the season, you had an opportunity to hire Lovey Smith. You had an opportunity to elevate Pep Hamilton as your offensive coordinator. Davis Mills ended the season off pretty promising. You had a really good draft. You brought in some, some quality players throughout free agency, and it seemed oh. like for 
a, a split second going into training camp, and even at times in training camp, it seems like the Houston Texans were going to be a competitive and a better team, especially when you looked at the schedule. And there was this four-game stretch where you saw the Eagles, the Giants, Commanders, and Dolphins. Now, look, this was all before the season started. No one expected neither one of these four teams to be as good or, and of course, in the Eagles in Miami case, arguably the best in the league. But mm. a lot of people, including myself, I'm looking at this from a standpoint of the Houston Texans have an opportunity to win all, if not most of these games. Most of these games are toss-ups. However, as we enter week 11 of the regular season, <laughs> everything that I just mentioned from the promise of Lovey Smith and Pep Hamilton to yep. um, Davis Mills not being a quarterback that most of us was hoping he was going to be, everything just started crumbling from week one. And, you know, I'm looking at this stretch and they already lost two of these games. I'm pretty sure they're going to lose Sunday. Then a week after that is, is you, you're playing against the Miami Dolphins. So I say all mm -hmm. that just to say, Yes, the record is a true indication because it showcased the disappointments that is surrounding this organization yet again. Yeah, there, there's there's some disappointment there for sure, like you mentioned, but there's also a young nucleus in, in Houston that I really like, and we'll see what the coaching staff can can ultimately do with them. But coming into the NFL draft this year, Cody, Damian Pierce, Jalen <laughs> Peach, and Christian Harris were three of my favorite prospects. Like I wanted, <laughs> uh, I cover the Buccaneers and the Commanders for this network and for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. I wanted one of the teams I covered to draft all three of those guys just so I could get mm. a chance to cover them. Now I'm I'm pretty happy with the guys that these two teams that I covered did draft, so I'm not you know willing. I'm not looking to trade any of them necessarily, but I do like some of the young pieces uh, that Houston has. Obviously, they've got a number one wide receiver issue. Whether that's going to be Nico Collins down the road, and I think there's still uh, room for him to grow, or if that's a future draft pick or free agent that they need to bring in, and then of course Davis Mills. Um, for the Commanders fans who have not caught up on the Houston Texans podcast, Locked on Texans, you guys need to, but I will just give you a little bit of a spoiler alert. Davis Mills is not the answer, right? And, <laughs> and we're familiar with quarterback questions uh, here in, in Washington as well. But Taylor Heineke uh, has actually been doing fairly well, and that is the biggest story for the Washington Commanders entering this weekend is Taylor Heineke getting the start again. So Chris, or, uh, Christian Harris, Carson Wentz has not been cleared from that finger injury on his throwing hand. Uh, as of Wednesday, and it doesn't sound like he's going to be clear to return to practice this week because once uh, once they do, they do have a, a specific clock that they have to activate him on. But Ron Rivera said on Wednesday, uh, told us on Wednesday that he believes they have more time. They don't necessarily have to bring him off the IR by the end of this week, so they could possibly do that uh, as early as next Monday or Wednesday, depending on when that clock uh, really needs to start running. So Taylor Heineke is going to be your starting quarterback. Sam Howell, the rookie of North Carolina, is going to be your backup through four starts. Taylor Heineke is three and one, which is amazing. And, and I don't know that everybody really expected that. And through Carson Wentz's first four starts, and he does have more starts this season than Taylor currently, but through his first four, the commanders were one and three. And this has a lot of people, the Heineke hive is buzzing again and wanting to see Taylor Heineke really take the reins for the rest of the season. But when you look at the two quarterbacks side by side, each of them through four starts, completing passes at a 62% clip. Uh, Taylor Heineke is thrown for 840 yards. Carson Wentz had thrown for 1,311, so that's a pretty big discrepancy. Taylor Heineke, five touchdowns to four interceptions. Carson Wentz, eight touchdowns to three interceptions. Heineke has a rushing touchdown in his four starts. Carson did not. Carson had three fumbles. One of them lost. Taylor has one fumble. It was lost against the Philadelphia Eagles. So when you look at stat by stat, Carson Wentz looks like the more productive quarterback. But, Cody, there is something about Taylor Heineke, and we saw it last year, and you've kind of seen it everywhere that he's had an opportunity to really kind of showcase who he is. 
there is something that and, and to a man in the locker room and the coaching staff and even in the media will all tell you, you can't measure what Taylor Heineke has and whatever it is, it makes the team play better. They play faster. The offensive line is getting better. In fact, Taylor Heineke has a, a tradition that Houston Texans fans may not appreciate after this weekend, depending on the result, but he buys a pair of Jordans in the team color of the team that they just beat every time they win a game. So like he just got <laughs> Eagles green uh, Jays. I think he got some, some fours, um, but then he also bought his offensive line a bunch of Jordans in Eagles colors as well. He didn't tell us which model of Jordan, but he did say they're not as expensive. So I don't know what he got them, but this is kind of a tradition that they've come up on, but this offensive line has improved. The running game has improved. Remember during Carson Wentz's first four starts, Brian Robinson Jr., the rookie out of Alabama was not present during those games. And I think that's significant. So while Carson's individual production was better, the team is running better under Taylor, despite some of these other, other factors. So really, a lot of people kind of thought if Carson was healthy this week, they still might go with Taylor, and that's going to bring up a whole other host of questions. If he beats the Texans, which people here do expect them to be able to, but we also understand any given Sunday, but if he beats the Texans and goes 4-1 and one as a starter, it's going to be really hard for them to unseat him. So that's really kind of the biggest story coming into this, not just keeping the winning going, but also seeing if Taylor can put on a show and really make it hard for Ron Rivera to bench him. And I'm glad that you mentioned that, David, because one thing that I noticed, especially looking at the game against the um, Eagles, was the fact that it just seems like Washington is more efficient on the offensive side of the ball when Taylor Heineke is on the center versus Carson Wentz. And, I, and I'm glad that you said that because, you know, what I couldn't understand, I'm like, I'm, it's like it seems like both of these guys have similar stats, but the offense just seems to like it's just moving more efficient when Taylor's on the, on the yeah. center. Yeah, I mean, look, there's there's the difference in quarterback ability, and I think that when you look mm -hmm. at in a vacuum one to one quarterback ability, I think Carson definitely has has Taylor beat in a lot of areas. But when you look at who does the team play better for and with, I think it's hard to it's hard to argue that it's not Taylor. He's got a lot of good things going on for him and Cody. I had a lot of good things going on. I've had a lot of good things going on for me for the last twenty years. This episode, this crossover Thursday episode of Locked On Commanders and Locked On Texans. Brought to you by Blue Nile. My 20th wedding anniversary is coming up in April. So I want to keep that streak going. And Blue Nile is going to help me make it extra special. And whether you out there are looking to pop the question or you have a milestone to celebrate like I do, Blue Nile can help you make your celebration a memorable one. As the original online jeweler, Blue Nile offers the largest selection of independently graded diamonds and pieces priced significantly low, lower than traditional retailers, which is great because... Not everybody in sports media gets paid as much as the Adam Schefters and the Ian Rappaports uh, of the world do. Blue Nile has helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring with their easy online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style. And listen, if you don't know what any of those things are that I just rattled off, Blue Nile has, has people on hand 24-7 that will help you figure it out. So you don't even have to go it alone. They're available via phone or chat so you can shop stress-free with Blue Nile's 100% satisfaction guarantee. All Blue Nile orders are insured and they ship for free in discreet, patching, discreet packaging so they won't ruin the surprise. They also offer overnight shipping if you're in a hurry. So make your moment sparkle with Blue Nile. Go to BlueNile.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's B-L-U-E-N-I-L-E.com. Promo code Locked On to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. Once again, BlueNile.com, promo code 
Locked On. We are also brought to you today by Tommy John. Getting stuck in Black Friday crowds is super uncomfortable. I've never done it, but my wife has, and she can confirm. Very uncomfortable to do that. Shopping Tommy John's Black Friday sale from your couch or your bed or wherever you happen to be. Super duper comfortable. When you give your loved ones Tommy John, they're that much more comfortable so they can do everything better. If Davis Mills is wearing Tommy John underwear under his pants, maybe he plays a little bit better football. Who knows? Shop Tommy John's Black Friday sale right now and give the gift of comfort to everyone on your list, including yourself, with brand new Tommy John underwear, loungewear, and pajamas. With over 8 million pairs sold, giving Tommy John has become a holiday tradition. 97% of women and men love getting a gift from Tommy John that's almost as successful as the quarterback sneak from uh, one yard out. That's what Tommy John doesn't have customers they have fanatics celebrate softness season with the gift of tommy john underwear loungewear and pajamas every gift is backed by tommy john's best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee shop tommy john's black friday sale going on right now and get 30 percent off site-wide at tommyjohn.com slash locked on 30 off everything now at tommyjohn.com slash locked on tommyjohn.com slash locked on see the site for details Continuing on this crossover Thursday episode, Locked On Commanders, Locked On Texans. Thank you again for making us your first listener, your first view every single day. Make sure you're also checking out Locked On Sports today. You get the biggest games, the biggest stories behind the scenes with your Locked On experts like only Locked On can. No other network does it the way that we do. They might try, but they can't do it. Locked On Sports available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Cody, what is the key matchup for the Houston Texans to pull off this major major upset i'm just kidding they're only they're only underdogs by three <laughs> points but if houston pulls off the upset what matchup do they have to win to do it i would like to say if lovey smith changes up his defense and put more man coverage i would like to see Derek stingley jr versus terry mccarman you know terry just had a phenomenal game against the eagles what he had like a, a buck 28 a buck 25 um uh, with he 10 took catches. he took big play slay's soul is what he exactly. took. That's, that's what he needs to be in the stat box and I, i'm looking at that i'm like man if he could do Derek slay like that i would love to see him go one-on-one against Derek stingley and look Derek Stingley, he's he's not having the best rookie campaign, but it's not as bad as people are making it out to be. Um, a lot of people, of course, is comparing him to Amal Sauce Gardner, but I think it's unfair to compare those two guys as of right now because yeah. the New York Jets, they have done a phenomenal job orchestrating their defense around Amal Sauce Gardner's best attribute, which is the number one um, cover cornerback. Derek Stingley's the same way, but unfortunately, he has to change his game plan and actually play to what Lovey Smith wants. And that's, of course, that Tampa 2 defense, which is part of the reason why Taylor Heineke probably is going to go out and have another phenomenal game on Sunday. But that's neither here or there. So, you know, I don't want to think about that matchup too much, but I would say the Washington Commanders defensive line versus the Houston Texans offensive line, more so the interior. Because, look, yeah. Davis Mills has been sacked a total of 23 times this year. And Laramie Tunsil and Titus Iowa has only given up a combined two or three sacks. Everything else has come in, has came in between the interior offensive line. Keon Green is a rookie. He's going through his learning turn. You have Scott mm -hmm. Quisenberry, which 
because Justin Britt kind of like just gave up on the team or whatever the case might be, you know, Scott Quisenberry was kind of like thrown in there a lot earlier and, and taking a lot more snaps than what a lot of people originally thought. And then you got AJ can who, you know, he hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been great. But when I take a look at the Washington commanders defensive line, especially when you take a look at Jonathan Allen, Darren Payne, two guys who have recorded a combined 10 or 11 sacks, I think that this is going to be a game where the Houston Texans offensive line has to be on one accord because, yes, there are times where Davis Mills goes out there and he looks terrible as a quarterback. But I must say, and I must admit, there's a lot of times it seems like he's not getting a true opportunity to go out mm-hmm. there on the field and showcase what he can do because sometimes that that inferior that, that interior offensive line, when it collapsed, it collapsed pretty bad. Yeah, that's that's definitely a matchup to watch. And and look, this 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 Washington Commanders front has been been very effective all year long. And and they don't necessarily get a whole lot of gaudy sack numbers, right? Against Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles in week 10. Only one actual sack, Montez Sweat, and that was near the end of the game, really, but a lot of pressure. And they're very good at manipulating the offensive line, getting to the quarterback. And Davis Mills, who obviously can't move as much as a guy like Jalen Hurts, can be a little bit more of a stationary target for those guys to get after. Don't think Chase Young is going to be making his return in this game. That's not the vibe mm-hmm. I get. It's not official. We still have Thursday and Friday, and that's what Coach Rivera said, is that they want to emphasize what happens Thursday and Friday, but I just don't kind of get that vibe uh, that he's coming back. I think uh, you're, you're looking uh, more like the next week at home against the Atlanta Falcons. That's probably what we're expecting. But Terry McLaurin, yeah, eight catches, 128 yards, and I was just I was on another member of the media uh, this on Wednesday, Cody. Terry McLaurin, you know, he was he was one of the slept on receivers in his draft class. I remember watching him at the senior bowl that year when he came out of Ohio State. And I know I wasn't the only one, so I'm not like patting myself on the back here, but a lot mm-hmm. of people were like, This guy out of Ohio State is a tactician, a technician, and he's gonna be very good at the NFL. He's proven to be that. And we've known for a little while now that he's the best receiver on the Washington roster. He is starting to mm-hmm. put himself in conversations being one of the best receivers in the National Football League. And make sure you guys understand, I said one of, okay? Like there's <laughs> Stephon Diggs, there's Jefferson's out there. There's there's a lot of guys out there that he's still got to catch up to, but he is starting to come out there and body teams number one defensive backs and not just win because he's wide open, but win because he's beating them. And that's, I think, a huge key to becoming one of the best receivers in the NFL. So that's certainly something to, to watch for. Uh, but hey, look, you're a rookie. I mean, what better way to shut down number 17 to really make your mark and show the NFL that you belong. So uh, give give the other guy on the other side of that competition his due as well, Derek Stingley. I, that will be a very interesting matchup uh, to watch. He was actually one of the guys coming in the draft that I wasn't very high on. So, the, so Houston didn't draft everybody uh, that I love. But <laughs> I'm looking at the commander's rushing game versus the Texans' rush defense. And honestly, my listeners and viewers, you guys might say it sounds very familiar because that's the exact matchup I was looking for last week coming into Monday night against Philly. And man, I I did not predict. I could not predict what happened. <laughs> Forty carries between Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson, over a hundred or one hundred and thirty yards uh, combined total. Cody, they ran for one hundred and fifty-two yards. And look, not a lot of sexy runs, right? Longs of eleven, seven, six, and seven. Three point three yards per average. Three point one yards. Three yards. Two yards for the four guys that carried the ball on Monday night. But what that did is it put the Commanders in a lot of third and four third and three, maybe third and five. And that's why they were able to convert 12 of 21 third downs, but they were able to convert 12 of their first 16 third downs, which is what gave them the lead going into the fourth quarter in the first place. Uh, The Houston Texans, from a stat point, 
right? 32nd in the league in rush defense, 29th per rush play, allowing over five yards of carry right now uh, to oh, NFL goodness. running backs. Jonathan Williams is kind of their third back when J.D. McKissick is out, which I expect him to be. He's kind of a power guy as well. So you got B-Rob and Jonathan Williams kind of softening up that Texans defense and Antonio Gibson with the ability to stretch and get out as a receiver. I think that's where they're going to go, and we're going to try to see a very heavy-handed offense and look at another try to get 30 to 40 minutes time of possession in this game. I'm going to give you two examples on how bad the Houston Texans run defense is. <laughs> um, Khalil Herbert, uh-huh. second string running back for the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Rushed for a career high, I think it was like 153. And he averaged 7.9 yards per attempt. Mm. The second example I'm going to give you, and I know you're going to look at me crazy, but on Sunday, in a loss against the New York Giants, Saquon Barkley rushed for 152 yards on a career best 35 carries. And yeah. the fact that the Houston Texans limited him to like four yards per attempt, I came on the show and said, you know what? The run defense wasn't as bad as it might look. Because uh-huh. <laughs> everybody else, in terms of Jonathan Taylor, um, Khalil yeah. Herbert, um, Josh, um, Josh Jacobs, of course, Derrick Henry, all of those guys rushed for like over five, six yards per attempt. Like it's been mm. that bad to where. I, I can look at the box score and say, you know what? Because Saquon Barkley only rushed for four yards per attempt, it wasn't that bad. Wasn't that That's bad. how terrible Amen. the Texans run defense has been. <laughs> and it's not the fact that they can't, you know, close gaps or anything. These these guys cannot tackle. And yeah. it's it's just so sad. It's just so sad right now, Houston. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. So if you think you know what's going to happen in this Texans-Commanders matchup, you can go to BetOnline, potentially make some money off of the match. And if you love sports podcasts, when you're done listening to your favorite Locked On podcast, you can go there to BetOnline as well for more of those. Always the fastest, always the easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, guys, I'm going to close out this crossover Thursday episode, Locked on Texans, Locked on Commanders. We got to do predictions now. The uh, Washington Commanders, according to our friends over at BetOnline, favored by three points. That line could move a little bit based off mostly betting trends, right? If a bunch of Texans fans come out and take the Texans to cover the three points, then BetOnline and the bookmakers might say, whoa, 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 we missed something. Let's let's shift this line. Cody, the Texans have been in a lot of one-score matchups. The Commanders have been in a lot of one-score matchups. Don't let 32 to 21 against the Eagles scare you guys. Texans fans, if you're stat, if you're stat scouting, Trust me, you're not alone. Alone. That was a five-point game until the very last play of the game, and then uh, Casey Tuhill, defensive end, was the benefactor of uh, uh, Eagles' lateral play, trying to get the miracle play that everybody tries to get, and he just happened to stumble into the end zone with the ball that gave them the 11-point win. So really a five-point game. Now, granted, if you put money on it, it's an 11-point game no matter how it happened, right? <laughs> but looking at this, commander's favored by three, so one-score prediction, prediction according to the bookmakers. How do you see this one unfolding? 
Um, I see it unfolding just like that because it's been the same script that the Houston Texans continue to follow. There's one half where we're looking at both sides of the ball and saying, okay, this, it seems like it's going to be promising. It seems like they might, they might pull off a win. You know, Davis Mills moving the ball, you know, protection and everything. And then there's another half where you're like, what the hell is this? This has to be the worst team in the league. And I think that's going to be repeated once again on Sunday. So I have the Washington Commanders uh, beating the Houston Texans 21 all right so 21 17 washington escaping houston with a victory the commanders again favored by three look they're going to try to run the game they're going to try to shorten the game if the commanders can get another 40 to 19 time of possession split with the houston texans they're going to do exactly that and talk about shortening the game your average quote-unquote nfl game typically each team gets about 12 possessions you kind of know you're going to get six to seven possessions per half for the most part the Philadelphia Eagles, that last possession, that hook and ladder desperation play with the clock running out to try to win the game was their 10th possession. So in reality, they got nine full-blown possessions. That is how short the commanders made that game, which, listen, it was prime time. I don't know about you guys. I get tired. So I was not <laughs> complaining about a nine-possession primetime game. Um, I do think this is going to be a one-possession game because Washington commanders, honestly, they just don't put up a whole lot of points. But their strength has been on defense. And when you look at what Damian Pierce is doing, I think the Washington Commanders defense can contain him. And if the Washington Commanders offense can bleed the clock, put some points up early, Joey Sly, NFC uh, special teams player of the week outside and swirling wins in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. If he can repeat that type of performance indoors in Houston, then they'll basically force the ball into Davis Mills hands. And that plays into the Commanders defense hands. But still, you're, when you shorten the game, there's fewer opportunities to score. I've got the commanders winning by a full touchdown, 24 to 7. So they do cover, but it's still a one score game. So take that for what it's worth. Cody, for me, Taylor Heineke versus Carson Wentz. Carson's not even going to be on the field, but still <laughs> the storylines around Washington is which quarterback is better for this team. Taylor Heineke getting another opportunity to show that he's the man for the job. That's the big story. But then you go away from the commander's quarterback and you look at the running back, specifically Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson. How can they manipulate the league worst Houston Texans rush defense? And ultimately, I think they're successful in doing so. So I've got a seven point win for the Washington commanders. Yeah, and on the Houston Texans side of things, they're coming in with a record of 1-7-1, and one, and that is a true indication of what and who this team has been for this entire season. And when you take a look at matchups, look, as much as I want to throw Derek Singley Jr. up there in the spotlight, at the end of the day, I truly do believe the biggest matchup for the Houston Texans will be whether or not they're going to have an opportunity to protect Davis Mills with their offensive line versus the Washington Commanders defensive line. Yeah, so it's uh, a lot of people are going to expect the Commanders to win this game. But Texans fans, everybody, I mean, listen, Locked On Commanders, we have two hosts. We both picked the Eagles to win Monday night. <laughs> so literally everybody thought the Eagles were going to win. Everybody except for Alex Smith, apparently, which is ironic, uh, as I'll get out. But that's a whole other story. So just because everybody's picking the Commanders doesn't mean that's going to happen. So make sure you stick with Cody. Make sure you stick with Locked On Texans. Make sure you stick with me. Make sure you stick with Locked On Commanders. We have more coming on this matchup before the week is over. We thank you again for making both shows your first listen or your first view of the day. For your next one, make sure you check out Locked On Sports today. Again, the biggest games, the biggest stories will be on the scoreboard behind the scenes. If the Texans pull off the win, you might see your guys on Locked On Sports today. So make sure you go there to get the insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app youtube 
or wherever you get your podcast. For Cody Davis, one of the hosts of Locked On Texans, writer for Texans Daily. I'm David Harris, one of the hosts of Locked On Commanders, writer for Commanders Country. Both Texans Daily and Commander Country can be found on Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. So make sure you check out everything going on and out over there. If you're out and about, please be safe. Please be kind in one another. Enjoy the game this weekend, no matter what. Because you know what, guys? June is coming, and you're going to wish you had football, even bad football. You're just going to want football, and the XFL is probably not going to be enough. Enjoy the game this weekend. Thank you for joining us on this Crossover Thursday episode here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.